Hi guys, it's Lauren and it's Anya and welcome back to the third episode of True Story Bro Podcast. So today we're going to be talking just kind of like our previous episode about America and Hong Kong. We're going to be targeting Canada this time. We wanted to actually, you know, explore more around xenophobia and Asian hate crimes in Canada because we know many friends and families who live there and vacation there and are of, you know, from Canadian descent. So we kind of wanted to talk about this. And yeah. Yeah, so mainly in Canada, I feel like a lot of the Canadian Asians, yeah. Asian Canadians, they're receiving less media attention For sure. than like the Asian Americans. Yeah, which, you know, of course the Asian Americans should be getting the spotlight, but also not ignoring that, you know, this is also happening in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah. So obviously similar to what happened in America, there are a lot of hate crimes towards Asian in, Can- in Canada. And we kind of wanted to target two stories just like mm-hmm. um, our previous episodes. So in our first story, this actually happened in late February. Pretty recent. Yeah. So the victim actually chose to withhold his identity from the um um from the article because he was worried for his life and Uh. he was scared for his life so what happened was he was on his he was actually a 44 year old cybercrime expert and he was visiting canada actually um to be part of an international criminology program and he went to montreal with his wife and two preschool aged children So he's relatively young. He's a father. He's also a husband. He has a family. And basically, on March 15th, the Quebec government announced a more widespread shutdown of the province. And he was on his way to a Korean market. He had his head down. He was looking at his phones. He was following the instructions on his phones. And suddenly, he was attacked from behind. Whoa. Yeah, so about 10 meters away from the market, which if you think about it is relatively close. close so close, yeah. this happened in like a public area, like people were watching, people saw. A stranger stabbed him in the back and actually in the neck with a hunting knife, a hunting knife. Like, so wow. he got stabbed in the back. So it was definitely intentional. Yeah. Definitely. And who, carries then, a hunting, who carries a hunting knife? Yeah. Around? Like, unless you're trying to like hurt somebody, you wouldn't carry a, a hunting, hunting knife. knife. So the perpetrator actually glared at the victim, then took off without saying a word, and bleeding heavily from the wound, the victim stumbled into the market, pleaded for help, and he actually had to stay three days in the hospital, undergo undergo multiple surgeries, and also have multiple blood, blood transfusions. transfusions. Wow. You know, I, also, I think I also heard that the cashier was very traumatized with this. Yeah, so the cashier who actually helped the victim, she, after this happened, she actually left Canada. Oh, wow. So she was actually, yeah, she was obviously traumatized by this experience. Of course. And obviously she didn't feel safe where she was anymore. So she left Canada and moved moved away. Yeah. And I, think, I think this COVID-19 pandemic, like, taking hold of this province, like, people of Asian descent in Quebec, like, have been having like lots of racial remarks and slurs you know mounting hatred and racism tied to you know misplaced blame over the coronavirus yeah and i think especially because of like global leaders calling it the china virus mm-hmm. or the virus from china and i think that just kind of targets chinese people yeah and the victim actually once again he was traumatized by this experience he was actually so scared that he wouldn't even reveal his identity and wow. He left 
with his whole family to go back to South Korea. It is really traumatizing, you know, visiting for the first time, getting stabbed in the back, and then stabbed in the neck. And, you know, he has children. Yeah. These children are going to be like... It's going to stay ex- with them. Yeah, this is an experience that they're never, ever going to forget because he actually could have died. He was really close to dying. He was very lucky to survive. You know, being stabbed is almost like... That's like a 10% chance of like living. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And also just the place of the crime, which was the Korean food market. There are so many Asians there. Like, this is an Asian supermarket. Yeah. So, obviously, the perpetrator, he picked that target and he picked that place. And that, that kind of just shows that it was an Asian hate crime. Because, obviously, yeah. you wouldn't go to, like, a place where a lot of Asians are and then, like, assault an Asian and yeah, say it wasn't course. a hate crime. And, like, definitely, this makes people feel really unsafe of course and especially now that there's the pandemic oh yeah asians Brought have to be so much. yeah asians Brought have so to be much. worried about the pandemic and they also have to be worried of like they have to live in fear and, yeah yeah and similar to what happened in america the montreal police kind of covered it up and this time the canadian police didn't make an arrest in the stabbing and they actually said that it wasn't being investigated as a possible hate crime and that the force said that there was no possible motive behind the attack and that's just that's not right yeah it kind of shows that's not equitable or justice police they're supposed to be the people you rely on for help the people you go to when you need something and like just knowing that you can't even trust them anymore yeah it's like obviously harmful and i think it's whether it's fueled by like racism or like a random act of violence you know this is still a very kind of serious issue you know it doesn't have to be big but you know small racial remarks can turn into big ones like this this just like physical violence and like verbal assault that's just it's definitely really it's definitely really harmful to somebody and also to their mental health. But it's also very scary for you know, us because mm-hmm. we know so many people who live there or go there to travel. Like, what if it happens to them just walking across the street just because of how you look, you know, just because of how, you know, And your imagine skin is. how he felt because the victim in this case, he was like new to the city mm-hmm. and then his first yeah. couple of weeks and he gets stabbed in the neck. Like, as I said mm-hmm. before, I did not know that this type of stuff was happening in Canada and I thought that. I didn't know it was there like I thought because I know that Canada has a large Asian population yeah yeah it's it's kind of crazy you know like my grandparents and my mom my whole family my mom's family whole like all live there and you know I when researching this I asked her actually some you know questions about if she had any remarks and her parents did have a lot did get a lot of racial slurs and I never really knew about this because of you know how you know, I live inside a bubble. Yeah, so actually, there was also another woman, and her yep. name was... Kyung So Min. Yeah, so what happened was she also um, was a victim of some racial hate crimes. Yeah. And But this time, although it wasn't as big as like something physical like Severe, a stabbing, yeah. mm-hmm. she was actually... People called her racial slurs on the street, wow. and they insulted her, and they you know laughed at her mocked her and yeah. they actually called her a crazy chinese and what happened was min herself she was on the street and then a man snuck up behind her on a deserted street so she was all alone mm-hmm. she was once again she okay. was alone yeah. vulnerable Isn't. innocent yeah 
and the man just started calling her crazy Chinese while looking back and yelling racial slurs at her. That's sick people. Yeah, so many didn't file for re- police reports because obviously they were worried that they wouldn't, like, nobody would believe them. And because unlike what happened with the victim in the stabbing, there isn't really any, like, physical evidence, and this is mostly just yeah. words, and you can't really, like, show the police any evidence. So they were worried that you know, the police wouldn't believe them. And actually, Min, she said that it was the police mm-hmm. who were the ones discriminating against them. Yeah, you know, the police, like, you know, they're supposed to be what justice is, you know, what equity is. But it's obvious to see that not all people are. You know, baffled by this response, she actually considered moving back just like the other um, victim in victim. the stabbing. Yeah, um, she actually considered moving back to Korea after spending 20 years, 20 years in Canada. Yeah, and Min actually also experienced another racist incident. So the police, she basically called the police after her neighbors were, like, Mm -hmm. treating her quite poorly, actually. And after speaking to both parties, the police reminded her about freedom of speech in Canada. Oh. And so that actually, like, made her feel really unsafe at her own house, in her own home. And she's, like, been in Canada for 20 years. And, Mm -hmm. like those experiences being called racial slurs not being treated well by her own neighbors made her want to move back to korea yeah, like imagine moving after spending 20 years of your life that mm-hmm. is crazy but that shows kind of how you know powerful words are and how it hurts people yeah like even if it's like something small and you don't think it's a big deal it could really really affect somebody and make them feel unsafe and feel like they don't belong mm-hmm. yeah so Obviously, because of, like, the coronavirus, the hate crimes have definitely, like, skyrocketed a lot. For sure. But, as I said before, I think that the things that are happening in Canada aren't as well-known. Well-known, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, It's more like, it's more people are um, gaining, like, the Asian-Americans, which, of course, they should be, are gaining more attention. But, you know, I think, you know, the Chinese, like, Asian-Canadians should also you know, get that attention that they need, which is why we are speaking about this. You know, we have a lot of friends who are Canadian and parents who live there. Yeah, so another um, lady, her name is Amy Go, and she's the president of the Chinese-Canadian National Council for Social Justice. Justice. And she actually said that the pandemic has resulted in a lot of attacks that were, like, Directed directed. to the community, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And actually the vancouver police reported a surge in the anti-asian hate crimes in 2020 and it was actually seniors like old people yeah vulnerable yeah Mm -hmm. and businesses that were attacked and vandalized the most and i think um go basically quote unquote said you know in the past it usually hasn't been as blatant as that but the pandemic really brought up this kind of personal and vile and very vicious attack like yeah so and also just she also said that like a lot of Chinese businesses and restaurants, they actually faced a big drop in sales before the start of the pandemic. And actually, like I feel like this kind of just shows that a lot of people are just boycotting the Asian businesses and the Chinese businesses. Especially, she said that this actually happened near the Lunar New Year, which is um, it's a really chi- big Asian holiday, yeah, Chinese, yeah. Chinese tradition. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And actually, obviously, this causes a lot of economic damages to yeah. the Asian business owners, especially like this is a pandemic. So they're already like they're already facing the consequences of the pandemic. And now they're now more people are boycotting them just because of their ethnicity. Wow. 
And she said that actually, Go said that members of the Chinese Canadian community are portrayed a lot as being foreigners, regardless of how long their families have lived in Canada. And I think that just that's just kind of similar to like um, what happened in America, where a lot of people didn't consider didn't consider um, the Asian Americans to be American, even though most of them have lived in America their whole lives and haven't left America. So. You know, there's, it's crazy to see this. You know, there's 1.57 million people, according to Wikipedia, that, that are of eth- Chinese ethnic origin. So imagine all the Asians kind of combined together, which is a lot and takes up a lot of Canada. And it's like very blunt to kind of see, which is really sad. But, you know, hopefully after the pandemic. Yeah, and like when more people realize and they like understand then maybe maybe it'll go down and and i think that it's just important for people to know that this is also happening in canada it's not not just america yeah and once again we hoped that you were able to learn something from this and that you were able to like understand the true story yeah bye